I am the baby of our stages group. I am the baby of the fitness scene here in Austin. Like I'm just the young guy. Yeah, but you don't come off as a young guy. That's that's impressive. This is Amy, the Senior Group Fitness Instructor at the Indoor Cycle Instructor Podcast. Are you looking for a spark of inspiration to bring to your next class? Find us at IndoorCycleInstructor.com. I'm in the strength scene, the, the burgeoning strength scene here in Austin, and it's kind of dominated by the CrossFit community. And I think if not for CrossFit, there wouldn't be anyone in fitness in their 20s. Why is that? Is it just not cool or it's not? Well, I think it's something that, you know, the, the priority placed on fitness and health kind of comes on to you later. And then that ability to, you know, when you're, when you're in group fitness, you're, there's not a whole lot in it for you other than to help other people make progress. And I think that that, that understanding comes on for people like later on in their careers. I'm talking with Dante Hector, who is a stages indoor cycling master educator and we're chatting this morning i had planned to record his audio profile but first i need to get your thoughts on where all the young people are (laughs) fitness and uh, as you were just explaining you are the baby at stages that is true people listening to you are are probably not going to believe when we tell them that you're 23 years old (laughs) i think that's awesome so where so what is the problem what what do you see as the why we have so few young instructors kind of moving up what i what i was mentioning just a little bit before it seems like it's not until people are a little farther along in their career and a little farther along in life where the priority of health and fitness also turns into almost the altruistic element of let me help someone else uh make this change make this commitment that i've made uh when i was working in texas tech you know we were training young instructors and trying to inspire them to really take this on as a pursuit and see that there is room to make a career out of it and some of what we got was well this is just something fun to do until i start my real job and so i think that there's a perception issue of fitness being a real job because honestly i have way too much fun on any given day where I'm working with clients or I'm teaching classes. And I think that it's just difficult to approach that as this is a career move, not a part-time job. And yet you're going to be in conflict with so many instructors where this is just a part-time gig. True. And I think that it's fun as a part-time job. It, it, it is a nice supplement to whatever else you have going on in your life. It's a quality stress relief and it's fun to connect with other people. But when you look at those who are in it as a career, until you look at the managing a business aspect, the being in front of people, the working with clients tends to be super satisfying and fulfilling and energizing. And sadly, not enough people describe their careers that way. (laughs) (laughs) You're right. And sadly, yes. All right. Well, so now do you have uh, peers, you know, friends that you went to school with? you know, that are on a similar track that, that you are? I have a few that have stayed in fitness, but when you really look at what they do, they stayed in fitness management. And so still they were effectively in management. They're not nearly as frequently teaching the classes or being in front of people. And honestly, I think that's where younger people are in fitness, that they're coming in maybe at the rec sports level. So the university fitness level or going out into 
the gyms and being like the salesperson or being the floor manager, I don't have, I have, I think I have two peers out of, you know, the hundreds of people that I knew at Texas Tech that were in fitness who are still doing it full time and believing that it's the direction to take long term. Got it. Because management points to money. Right. Group fitness <laughs> points to en- enjoyment. Yes. <laughs> and, and poverty. <laughs> <laughs> and good feelings. You know, endorphins will only take you so far, I guess. But yeah, and I'll look at, you know, the, the clubs where I teach, um, you know, they are predominantly younger managers, you know, the, everybody that's involved, they, they tend to be younger. Um, I think part of that is, um, it might be strategic on say lifetime fitness's part. And I'm certain that's going to be the same anywhere. Um, right. You know, they're any job in, in fitness management tends to be a very high demand, high hour consuming, which speaks to youth and all their energy. <laughs> all right. So, so if, if someone came to you and said, um, we were chatting. I don't remember if, if this is in the recording or not, but how my daughter, Abby, is 22 years old. <laughs> and uh, it's too bad you're already married. The, uh, if somebody came to you and said, you know, I've got a son or daughter, you know, considering, you know, what track to take with in college, for example, what advice would you give them if they had some inclination to, to get involved in fitness? For the trainers that we had coming up at personal uh, at Texas Tech in the personal training program, what I said to them was that if you feel like you could spend all of your time reading about this, uh, thinking about this, planning new ways to do it better, then you know be willing to first hold yourself to a very high standard and hold your your clients and your participants to a high standard, hold your management to a high standard so that people are supporting you and pushing you and helping you to grow. But that, you know, it's, you, you've got to have some business savvy. You, you've got to be willing to make demands because it's not as common. Um, you know, if we look at us as instructors, we may not always feel appreciated for the sheer amount of work that we put in. For people who want to take the long-term approach, you've got to be a little rude about getting what you feel you need so that you can keep doing this. Well, because, yeah, oftentimes an instructor doesn't feel empowered either. I think that's what you're right. communicating. Okay. As far as a career track, you know, would in, and, you know, if, if I've got a 19-year-old as well, and she has no interest in fitness, but if she had a little interest in it, you know, would you – would um, would you steer them to the group fitness side or to the uh, fitness management side, or would you encourage them to do some of both? I would encourage them to do some of both. I feel that the best managers I've had in group fitness and when I felt like I was at my best was when I had spent plenty of time teaching, when I had been in the instructor position for a significant amount of time. Um, I was in a management position both before I was actually teaching and after. And the difference in my ability to connect to instructors was huge after I had been in the classes. And so it's, I think that, you know, you said it, management points to money and it's the truth, but take the time in the beginning to be the person who's putting classes together, who's meeting new members and who is the front of the organization 
And then if, you know, the money is the main pursuit, and honestly, in a lot of cases it will be, move into management with that insight and maintain that sense of connection with the people who are doing the work. So you're well-rounded. Yes. So yes. Okay. All right. Did, you know, I'm, I'm recognizing you as having some entrepreneurial spirit. Is that, is that accurate? <laughs> that is correct. Okay. All right. It, 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 when you were in school, was that encouraged or, or cultivated? I was, when I was in, when I was in, you know, the public school system, I had a lot of people that were very supportive of that mindset. Um, but it was generally steered toward you will do well, you know, managing in some field, like management really was the direction that they tend to send people. Sent when I was working through the engineering program at Texas Tech, a lot more of the emphasis was on building up these raw skills, learning to follow these protocols, doing things the way that they're meant to be done so that you can fit into the organization, which contrasts directly with my personality. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking the same thing as you were saying. Right, wait a second. You got to force me into my cubicle. I don't want to go there. Right. And I walked away from engineering for that reason, that I felt like in the fitness setting, especially, I have a lot more freedom to determine who I'm going to be in that circle. And that's the experience that I'm having right now. And I'm a couple of years into essentially doing it for myself. Um, I run my personal training business here in Austin and contribute to some other studios in town. And there are still expected standards and things to follow, but there's just so much room to say, this is how I want to do it this is how I'm going to do it. And people will get on board with that. Gotcha. Cause I sense that in a lot of people, especially instructors, you know, they have the perception, um, well, that causes them to go out and start new studios yes. or personal training businesses or a combination thereof. I feel like okay. it's a really essential quality. If you want to do this full time, that you have a strong sense of what you want to be to your clients or to your participants, just because without it, it's easy to get lost or to get buried in the workload, you know, managing, managing clients, managing classes, um, putting together programming and all that is a lot of other work that in a sense you're not paid for. So you've got to have this desire to do it your way. Gotcha. Would you have, you know, in hindsight, would you have taken a different track other than engineering? If you had a chance to do it over again? It's actually really hard to say. I found value in the contrast in engineering because I wasn't certain that I needed to be doing it my own way. You know, I thought maybe that was just a, a thing from being a teenager. But having that level of structure, that level of focus was enough for me to be able to say, whoa, this is not what I need. What I would probably have done more of was explore closely relevant uh, topics. Like I probably would have spent a little more time looking at biomechanics because you can take that as an engineering student and it can be relevant to your curriculum. Or I might have looked more at um, just looking more at other fields and spent some time studying them while I was in school instead of waiting until the end and then doing it all myself. Got it. Okay. All right. But, and yet the, the, the engineering aspects probably made it much easier for you to understand and appreciate 
file mechanics. It did. It has. And I think that, I think that that's why I still think and speak like an engineer in a lot of cases. It just, the technical background is useful when you are going to later be coaching other people to do this stuff. Gotcha. Okay. Do you run into communication issues with people that are maybe just not <laughs> technical? Sometimes. And, and honestly, it is not any fault of theirs. It is because I will get so nerdy about whatever it is that I'm talking about. And I'll be so excited to share every little dirty detail of a thing that I've been studying for weeks and weeks at a time um, that I will just go overboard. And so it's usually me. Right. Where the person was looking for a one word answer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm practicing. I'm getting better, but it's, it happens occasionally. Okay. The, um, now your personal training business, you do this on your own. You have partners. Um, how does that all work? So this is me and me alone. I'm a sole proprietor of the fit life personal training. And I got my start in Lubbock working with a base of people I knew from the triathlon, the cycling and the Texas tech communities. And I've since brought it to Austin and have been redefining who it is that I'm serving. But that is just me. And it's a very small clientele. And it's deliberately that way because it lets me be very hands-on and very involved in both the health and fitness aspects of their training, but also in the behavioral elements of trying to make big changes in your life. Um, In addition to that, so that I can have something that's a little less emotionally intensive I am coaching cycling classes um, for a studio in town called 180 and teaching strength classes for another studio. Sound like you're busy, plus your master instructor duties with stages. Right. And then trying to stay at the forefront of the industry so that we're never delivering old information. Yes. And I can see that you're probably a student of new information. I love it. I love it. That's a lot to have accomplished by the time you're 23 years old, I have to say, to be at this, at this point. Are, have you always had clarity as far as what you want to do next? One step at a time, yes. You know, when I was leaving high school, it was, okay, I'm going to go study engineering now. And then when I'm halfway through that education, like, okay, I'm going to go to fitness now. Um, a long-term vision, I couldn't really say that I have. But one step at a time, I'm very decided about the next step and committed to follow it through until it either works or I got to do something else. Well said. Well said. Well, you're an inspiration to me. I wish I could uh, motivate my children to get involved in fitness, but you did make a comment that I think is accurate with a lot of people. When you're young, you don't care. Right. It's only because I didn't get really interested until I was probably in my middle 30s. And that's when I see a lot of other coaches come on. That, that's what I'm surrounded by, largely. Okay. Yeah, and if you go to a typical triathlon, you know, the, <laughs> the bulk or the, you know, the mean age, is that the right way to say it? Yes. Yeah. The mean age is going to be in that late 30s, early 40s, I bet. Absolutely. Especially uh, here in Austin. Everyone tries something else when they're younger. Or doesn't feel the need to try anything. True, but those people are my clients. (laughs) (laughs) Right. All right, awesome. All right, well, uh, you and I are going to get to your audio profile now. Every time we start talking, (laughs) hit the record button because you have a lot of interesting things to say. So, uh, Dante Hector, Stages Indoor Cycling Master Educator, I appreciate your um, 
input on this and I'm going to have this posted for people, especially maybe if they have younger high school, early college kids um, that have some interest in fitness. I'm going to direct them to this podcast. Also, if someone does have a specific question, how do they best reach you? The best way to reach me is going to be by email to info at thefitlifept.com. That's I-N-F-O at T-H-E-F-I-T-L-I-F-E-P-T.com. Awesome. Dante, I appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Indoor Cycle Instructor Podcast, the voice of indoor cycling. You can find us at IndoorCycleInstructor.com and we're in the iTunes Music Store. Search Indoor Cycling and subscribe to our free podcast. Now, if you're like most instructors, you're struggling with finding the time to create the perfect class profile and the music playlist to go with it. If that sounds like you, consider a premium subscription to ICI Pro. We've done all the work for you. Inside ICI Pro, you'll find the largest collection of comprehensive class profiles for teaching conventional classes, classes featuring heart rate, and also power. Contributed by the most diverse collection of master trainers and rock star instructors on the planet. Every profile includes a complete music playlist we guarantee your class will enjoy. Combine ICI Pro with Spotify and you could be ready to teach an awesome class in minutes. Visit IndoorCycleInstructor.com forward slash pro and start your no-risk trial subscription today.